I'm going to humiliate you one more time. My pleasure. I better start talking about my family first, I guess. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Classical rock, a true paradox. This is the Dalton. This is the Dalton. This is the Dalton. Kiss me Okay, well, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor once again. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Nikki Haley does not get confused, but Donald Trump does. We'll talk about him in a second. Comey is uh, pretty much done with his book tour, I think. (laughs) And... uh, I think he came across as a relatively credible person who's going to be a thorn in Trump's side in the future. But uh, I guess I'll just say one thing that does sort of trouble me about Comey's story. And that is, I don't think it's the role of the FBI director to look at polls to determine who he or she thinks is going to be the winner. Um, The polls, by the way, last year showed Hillary Clinton with a small lead, but not an insurmountable lead. And polling, of course, has a little footnote at the bottom of the poll that says plus or minus. Plus or minus is a... Margin of error. Margin of error. It's something we learn in high school math, trigonometry, how to read graphs, how to figure out margin of error. They're not scientific. And, of course, they're always off by a couple of points. And, of course, if you tuned into Gray Matters uh, the night before the election, I actually said Trump could win. Uh-huh. He could. You know, he needed the right uh, set of circumstances to do so. And we, of course, know just factually that if 40,000 people in three different states had flipped their votes from Trump to Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton would be president. Uh, so I guess my only problem with Comey's... Uh, uh, version of events, and I, I think that he's being honest, is that I don't understand why he sort of bestowed upon himself the role of, well, I have to release the 28th of October press conference and make this claim that we're reopening the email nonsense into Hillary Clinton regarding Anthony Weiner. And clearly, as it turned out, one of uh, Hillary Clinton's big blunders was not just getting rid of Ms. Abedin, because that was already a volatile situation involving the... Uh, Any connection at all to... Anthony Weiner. Weinergate. Yeah, I mean, he was... <laughs> Would have been he, good to avoid. He was a disaster. He was mentally ill and, I, you know, whatever. I just, I don't understand any adult male with... Uh, well, he gives... That sort of obsession. Being a Weiner a bad name. <laughs> being a Weiner. <laughs> He was a little wiener and a big wiener all at the same time. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that what's emerging, by the way, in terms of the uh, the reality of, of going forward with uh, investigations into uh, Trump and the election and the finances and all that, Rudy Giuliani? Yeah, what? boy, that's like, <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> How could he ever make anything better? 
doesn't he have enough baggage of his own to fill a couple of train cars? Well, the problem, too, is that his ego is almost as big as Trump's. So you you would think that if his role is going to be uh, sort of a a spokesperson on the Sunday talk shows to defend Donald Trump, that this is going to get pretty uh, messy quite soon because it's pretty well established that really Rudy Giuliani was leaking quite a bit of information himself in October of the 2016 election. Including the reopening of the uh, Hillary Clinton email. Yeah, because we know what was going on. We know that this really was about leaks. And Comey, in, in his own weird, twisted way, was worried about these leaks. He knew that the leaking was going on. Now, Trump's accused him of leaking, but I don't think there's much evidence that he did any leaking while FBI director. Now, it's well established that he handed a document to a friend of his after he'd been fired by Trump. Uh, that's quite different. And, of course, that was not classified information. But certainly we heard lots of rumors, uh, courtesy of Rudy Giuliani and his friends of Trump, who were appearing on Fox News uh, throughout September and October, making sneaky predictions about, oh, we think the investigation is— Something's about to happen. You wait and see. You wait and see. There's a— He actually said that. October surprise just around the corner. They kept, like, enticing the public with these leaks and whatnot— and of course, what what's ultimately going to be Trump's problem is 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 the money. Uh, we we know from the legend of Watergate that one of the interesting tips that Deep Throat gave to uh, Bob Woodward in the uh, garage was follow the money. Now that was a <clears throat> suggestion and a leak by W. Mark Felt at the time. That Woodward, who was an investigative journalist, he wasn't well established yet, needed to look into the committee to reelect the president and the money, the milk fund, the dirty tricks, slush fund. The hush money for the burglars. The hush money. And, of course, with Trump, we, we've got, gee, we have got all kinds of hush money. There's lots of hush money. Floating around. And we've even got the National Enquirer involved in Providing some hush money, apparently, literally hush money, uh, and and hushing up the stories. Uh, well, well, we'll pay you for that story, but we're not going to publish it. We're going to bury that in the sand out in the middle of, uh, along with the Panama Papers. But what where Trump is in big trouble, I think, are these uh, reports about the financial dealings of Donald Trump. Uh, just in today's uh, New York Times on the editorial page, they have Mr. Mueller's, uh, Mueller's uh, Swamp Guide. I'll just read this paragraph. It's fascinating. Um, take the extensive money laundering Mr. Manafort is accused of undertaking with shell companies that uh, hide ownership. How could he have expected to get away with it? Perhaps he saw what happened to one of the world's largest banks— HSBC helped launder billions of dollars in drug proceeds for the Sinanola cartel, for a financier, for Al-Qaeda, and for others for nearly over a decade. Now, consider the potential big fish in the special counsel's investigation three years ago, about three months before Mr. Trump announced his candidacy. The Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network fined Trump Taj Mahal 
Casino in Atlantic City, $10 million for, quote, willful and repeated violations of the Bank Secrecy Act for failing to report suspicious transactions and failing to properly file currency transaction reports and keep proper records. Now, what did we learn this past week? Oh, Donald Trump is, 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 is uh, he, he's not paying his taxes. He's filing for an extension. Yeah, wasn't that amusing? Surprise, surprise. Now, you know, I, I apparently people have the legal right to do that, but Trump doesn't want to put this information out into the public yet. He needs six more months of nonsense, you know, to keep the, the gong show going. And this is what we're talking about when we uh, suggest that uh, Mr. Mueller is not terribly interested in in the collusion issue. Donald Trump is convinced that's what this is about. Now, I personally think that the Democrats in Congress may be more interested in that. And, whoa, they filed a lawsuit. So, uh, The DNC filed a lawsuit against Donald Trump for election mischief. There's no remedy, by the way, for the Democratic Party, even if they would win such a lawsuit. But when you hear Donald Trump telling the public over and over, we want to wrap this thing up quickly. Rudy is on board. <laughs> well, there was even talk that Rudy Giuliani was was uh, suggesting that, uh, oh, we can wrap this thing up in a couple of weeks. I think we can get it shut down. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's I not mean, going to happen. And, and Trump's search for legal representation uh, within the confines of Fox broadcasting, uh, he may as well start... Uh, watching Lionel Hutz on old Simpsons episodes. Uh, and the, to think that he's going to benefit himself by trying to hire those guys who he sees on Fox talking up a good story on his behalf. Uh, it ends up not working out. And I think this Giuliani thing is going to be another uh, trial balloon that bursts because I think it's an unsustainable relationship for conflict of interest reasons, personality reasons, and ultimately Trump is probably better served by Giuliani just leaving him as a talking head on Fox. Right. For those delusioned individuals who continue to gather the meager intellectual sustenance that such sustained watching can provide. Um, it's a little boggling to my mind uh, how successful Fox is uh, with their obvious and demonstrable repetition of falsehoods. Well, and the thing is, is that these financial arrangements and transactions are exceedingly hard to uh, to follow. Shell companies, that's uh, that's going to be a big uh, name. We're not talking here about the big uh, oil uh, conglomerate. We're talking about what shell companies have done for Donald Trump uh, in the past. That and is fake corporations, paper entities yes. that are used exclusively for the funneling of money through. And overpaying and underpaying mm -hmm. certain transactions that are, are fishy on the, on the surface of it. Uh, one good example here is a report that in 2006, uh, with Trump um, being involved with um, uh, Ukrainian, uh, and we're talking about the Ukraine here, uh, Ukrainian uh, oligarchs and suspicious financing, in 2006, the sales of condos in the first international hotel venture under Trump brand, the former Trump Ocean Club International Hotel and Tower in Panama, fell in large part to a Brazilian named Alexandra Ventura Norguiara. 
He worked with a Colombian who was later convicted of money laundering. The Trump <clears throat> Trumps typically uh, claim to be passive partners in the project, like Trump Ocean Club, and that they had minimal dealings with the likes of Mr. Nogui Ara, the chief legal officer for the Trump organization, Alan Garten, has said no one in the Trump family remembers meeting or speaking to Mr. Norgriella. And but, yet. <laughs> but there are photos of Mr. Trump and his daughter, Ivanka, with Mr. Norgriella. So apparently there are smoking guns out there, photographs that Trump is lying about. Surprise, surprise. Um, so, yeah, these denials that keep, uh, uh, that, that, that are just kept being, are kept foisted onto the public to create disinformation and uh, deniability is no longer plausible. Uh, this is where this direction is headed. And uh, stay tuned. <laughs> well, that's why I still think there will be some elements of collusion that M Mueller is going to be able to successfully turn up. And, you know, they may be limited more to the Manafort circle. But the number of times that you heard in the transition period, uh, a, a number of high-ranking Trump administration officials say over and over again to the media and anybody who would listen, there were no meetings with Russia. I don't remember any meetings with any Russians. And then, of course, they were later forced to accept the reality. Oh, well, that one and that one and that one and that one and those sure. and that one uh, that were all proved uh so their word is good for nothing on it, and why lie if there's nothing to hide? Well, and these are high-ranking Trump uh, campaign uh, colleagues. Mr. Jeff Sessions, Sessions, top of the list. Attorney General Michael Flynn, um, fired uh, National Security Advisor. Kushner. And, of course, we've got Jervanka, <laughs> which is the new... Uh, uh, characterization of uh, Jared and Ivanka combined. Um, she apparently wasn't at the Russian meeting, but gee, Paul Manafort, Donald Jr., Jared Kushner, Steve Bannon, on the 9th of June, 2016, in Trump Tower. Donald Trump claims he knows nothing about this meeting. Uh, that's rather hard to believe, actually. Um, so <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Well, that's where, that's where it turns over into the obstruction side sure. because there's going to eventually we will get, you know, you have to reassure people who are anxious or just impatient for the, the Mueller thing to be wrapped up so that we can move past this madness, um, not because they're concerned about Donald Trump's reputation, but it's going to be slow. It's got to be very tightly procedural. Um, they've got to be able to prove all the little details and machinations and uh the obstruction part is going to become quite clear i think when that there was that hope hicks drafted memo on the plane that trump is involved with sure explaining away the meeting with don jr and the russians and the whole gang of them at trump tower so and she's been you, interviewed by the special prosecutor right so Mueller's so. already got lots of information that we just don't know about it in the context exactly. of all the other information. So uh, there's your obstruction piece right there. And she does. she's not going to go to jail for Donald Trump. Um, Nor I, I suspect will Michael Cohen. <laughs> I mean, 
I think that there are many interesting threads that keep emerging. Uh, the only difference between this uh, this scandal and Watergate is that <clears throat> we don't have anybody quite as colorful as Gordon G. Gordon Liddy, or as crazy as G. Gordon Liddy, not yet anyway. And uh, this scandal seems to involve porn stars and well, Playboy this, models. This and seems to be all like, sorts of other stuff. Yeah, this is really like <laughs> almost three or four yeah. scandals that are sort of some of them spinning within the bigger picture. Uh, there's the whole glamour girls and the fake lawyers scandal. <laughs> Dennis Dennison and his uh, bizarre antics. Um, the campaign finance element of it. And by the way, that little piece that I quoted about the actual um, <clears throat> involvement of, of Trump Ocean Club and that sort of stuff involving the Panama uh, Hotel, they raised some questions about the purchase of Trump Soho in uh, New York uh, City. But this was written by Peter Frisch and Glenn Simpson, former journalists and the founders of the research firm Fusion GPS. Now, does that ring a bell? Oh, yes. They were the ones that hired Mr. Steele mm -hmm. to do the dossier, the FBI. And, and Trump even said that, I mean, Trump, excuse me, Comey even said this in an interview that I heard this week. I didn't catch all of them, but I did hear him on uh, The New Yorker uh, with David Remick, and I heard uh, most of the uh, uh, interview on... Uh, fresh air. So <clears throat> what's what's fascinating is uh, he stated, Comey stated unequivocally that Mr. Steele had been a source for the FBI in the past and that he was deemed reliable in terms of what he what he f knew about uh, and much of what Russian his... espionage and right. all these weird oligarchs and shady financial dealings and all the stuff that we know Donald Trump uh, does not want to see the light of day. Much of that dossier has been substantiated. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not the uh, well, the, the showers took place in the hotel room. The extent to which Trump was concerned about the, the PP story yeah. uh, is one of the amusing things to come out of some of the Comey uh, interviews is that he was really concerned about that. I bet. <laughs> And of course, even beyond, like, what does this mean for America <laughs> yeah. as a nation with free elections? Uh, what? Oh, what about the P thing? Well, morally unfit, and the idea that he deliberately uh, wanted to soil up a bed that Barack Obama and uh, Michelle Obama uh, had had slept in in Russia is is twisted, at the very least. Uh, and the motive for that is uh, part of that weird psycho. A component of Donald Trump's persona. Uh, you know, one of the most interesting things that Comey actually said was that, and I've made this observation myself in the past, that he's never seen Trump laugh, that Trump has this kind of empty personality that, that seeks out gratification, adulation, and that there's something missing inside. There's no sign of affection. Like, yeah. uh, even like just the way... Uh with a, a child or a spouse or a longtime close personal friend, just a quick flash on a face. Like George W. Bush, for example, was a guy whose uh, ideas and worldview 
I had very little in common with. I could agree Odious, with virtually yeah. nothing he said. But you could see genuine flashes of a human being. Sure. And how uh, interesting, by the way, that Trump did not routine. go to the funeral exactly. for uh, Barbara Bush. He issued a statement saying this would be a big distraction and would, would, would be a security nightmare. Well, come on, dude. Uh, the former presidents of the United States have Secret Service protection. That's part of their... Um, Shall we say <laughs> golden parachute <laughs> that they get uh, after leaving office? Uh, they are protected for a variety of reasons. Uh, there are enough psychos in the United States. Uh, there are terrorists and on and on and on. So Bill Clinton, Barack Obama and uh, W. Bush have Secret Service protection as we speak. Mm -hmm. And they certainly did on that particular day. And how revealing that Hillary Clinton was sitting next to Bill. I don't know if you saw the photograph. I saw the backs of their head. Hillary was way to the left. Bill was between uh, Barack, between Michelle Obama and uh, and Barack Obama, and then uh, Melania was at the very end, very far from Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the group photo in which uh, W had uh, one arm around his wife, Laura, and his other arm around Hillary, behind whom Bill was standing. Melania did stand a little bit off, far off to the yeah. side on that one, too. But, I mean, it, Trump's not the kind of guy to go to. I wish I'd brought the new Mad Magazine because they have a series of... Uh, uh, Donald Trump greeting cards <laughs> that express the appropriate Trumpian sentiment for things like funerals and anniversaries and so forth. It's it's quite good, but um, he's not the kind of guy who has compassion or affection or any real internal core of true humanity. Like you're saying, there's like a it's a shell there where a smirk passes for uh, delight. Yeah, um, in, in the truest sense of that word. Um, he wasn't ever going to go to a funeral like this. Uh, I'm sure it didn't even cross his mind, but it probably did some of his aides and advisors. Well, another reason to not go is you took some cheap shots at... At Jeb. Jeb. <laughs> uh, and even the one about, oh, he had to go run to his mom. Uh, come on. <laughs> I mean, there were so many red flags throughout the, the candidacy of Trump that he was a big jerk and... Uh, and 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 to the Bush's credit, they actually publicly admonished Trump. They yeah. they they pretty much said we're not voting for this moron. Right. He's he's a danger to our our values, as they put it. Uh, something that Comey agreed with. And uh, you know, one of the other interesting comments over the week, I thought, was the whole Nikki Haley uh, confusion thing. I don't get confused. How odd that Larry Kudlow would be. You know, who's a talking head? whose job it is, apparently, to uh, supervise the Council of Economic Advisors would get involved in foreign policy uh, commentary. Well, he's yeah, he's the new guy, so he's on the short list of people that haven't pissed Trump off yet. Yeah. And so, oh, I'm all mad. Somebody's got to rein her in. Larry, you do it. Oh, okay. It's really outside my job description, <laughs> but... Um, and these are the sort of conversations that typically happen behind closed doors anyway, not in the glare of the media world. Yeah. And so, so it, with all due respect, I'm not I don't get confused. Well, Trump does. And apparently they had to issue some uh, corrections today about his impression regarding the phrase denuclearization 
Uh, how interesting that in a recent uh, New York Review of Books article by Jessica Matthews, uh, that this term denuclearization is uh, is exceedingly unclear what Kim Jong-un has is, is, is got in mind. Uh, let's remember that he did take that midnight chain, train to... Uh, to China, not to, not to Georgia. Leaving to, on the midnight train. To China. So he, he met with Xi Jinping directly. Uh, China and North Korea are calling more shots than the Americans would like to think. But in this article, she notes, uh, if the United States, and I'll quote from this, were to abandon its alliance with South Korea and Japan in the way that is before achieving peace on the Korean Peninsula, its word would mean little anywhere in the world. Alliances would erode, and there would be fewer countries willing to vote with us, impose sanctions with us, fight with us, or host military bases. North Korea has also sometimes used denuclearization to mean that as one of the nine nuclear states, it will denuclearize when the other eight do. So this could be one of the premises of the meeting. Oh, we will get rid of our nuclear weapons if you get rid of your nuclear weapons, United States of America. Now, is that a deal Trump is going to make with Kim Jong-un so that he can get into the history books, which is what the rumor is that he's so anxious for this meeting, thinking that he, Donald Trump, a man of peace, oh yeah, 800 troops in Niger and further escalations in Somalia, Yemen, and all sorts of other places in the Middle East and Africa. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a rather remarkable theory. Well, there was a uh, commentary last week on, uh, I believe, MSNBC, where somebody was opining that, uh, well, if you ever want to find out what Donald Trump just found out recently, whenever he says, a lot of people don't know, he's about to tell you something that he just found out about. Right. One of which was that the Korean War was unresolved. Unresolved. <laughs> and kind of complicated. Nobody, A lot of people don't appreciate the fact that, that that's a complicated thing, uh, much as we'd never understood the extent to which healthcare was a, a complicated thing. It's complicated. Before he, he learned that fact. Um, I still think that really this is all about... Uh, Kim Jong-un just wanting to uh, meet Stormy Daniels. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but uh, the extent to which denuclearization can be said to have a range of meanings, one of the possible meanings of denuclearization is to have 10 nuclear missiles, get rid of one of them and say, we have denuclearized. I mean, that's the sort of bookkeeping uh, maneuver that... Uh, could be said to fall within the uh, legal definition of denuclearization. So it's it's almost a meaningless term. Well, and a quick comment on that, but we're going to remind you that you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor uh, here uh, in uh, the wonderful warm city of Ann Arbor today. Uh, we'd like to thank Andrew for engineering once again this evening. Very interesting old uh, clipping that I have here. Report says a shortage of nuclear fuel looms. This is by Matthew Wald from the 9th of October, 2013. A GAO, that's the Government Accountability Office, said that the looming shortage of material critical in the operation of 65 out of 100 American nuclear reactors places their ability to continue to provide electricity 
at some risk. The problem reflects the withering away of America's industrial infrastructure, of all things nuclear. And uh, they note that these involve rare earth materials and that most of the supplies uh, for this stuff, quote, uh, involve a type of lithium that is produced only by China and Russia. (laughs) Now, that's nuclear power. Uh, And, of course, we've seen actually one or two nuclear power plants decommissioned, along with those coal plants that Donald Trump uh, promised to bring back uh, during the election. No wonder he's been to West Virginia four times. Problem is, there have been six coal plants decommissioned since Trump's been president. And yeehaw, I say good. We are out of time. Yazoo City Calling is up next on this fine station. Difficult listening, 24 hours a day. It's WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. This is Dexter Gordon speaking. This is Johnny Griffin speaking. When we're in Ann Arbor. We are listening to station WCBN FM Ann Arbor. That's BK Turner in the background, aka the Black Ace, doing uh Ace's Guitar Breakdown, telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. This uh, particular track found on a collection of his on our Hooli, some of his recordings done as early as 1968-69, 